Hello, and welcome to day... Um, what day are we on? Five. Day five. Day five of um, of Cannes. Um, today's not been a good day. Um, because, well, me personally, I went into three screenings and failed in every single one. One was sold out. Um, can I just say that actually Cannes today has been like a, like a monsoon. It's the weather's been absolutely ridiculous. I think, and the first screening that I tried to go in was an indoor. We queue up indoors, so I think a lot of people just thought, you know, going to go inside watch a film. So the, it was for Antiviral, which is, is it Brandon Cronenberg, Brandon Cronenberg, David Cronenberg's son's directorial debut here at Cannes. But good, I missed it to be honest. Um, but if it wins in uncertain regard, they show the winning film, don't they? If you go to the closing ceremony, so I may try and catch it then. But we didn't get into that, and then we went to queue up for. Um, beyond the hills and the the whole screening that that whole screening room has been shut down for the day because of because of the rain and the wind sort of they've got the, you know can't do it technically and and then we tried to just desperate to see something we tried to watch him jack and diane the one that was in there either so it's been a bit of a disastrous day for me but you've <coughs> been a little bit better demo you've seen one film uh no i managed to see a couple today actually um, how did you an early start this morning i had a uh my first venture into the uh, Lumiere Theatre. Ever. Ever, which is a very impressive. Large 2,300 or something seat cinema. Did you count them while you was in there? Though? I did, yeah. Every yeah. single one of them. 2,300 um, something. You got lazy at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, and every single seat was full for the um, premiere of Hanukkah's new film. Uh, that was so that was first thing. And then second, secondly, I saw um, the day after screening of Lawless... Okay, um, which I saw yesterday. Because we obviously, we haven't chatted about yesterday's, have we? Yeah, no, exactly. We, okay, so let's go on to yesterday. So the first film, Lawless, was it Lawless? That you saw yesterday you know was Lawless. What? Yeah, it was, it was Lawless. So I went to, was it? The, I think I went to the first screening of Lawless, or second, yeah, whatever. you and Dave went, I give Dave my ticket. So yeah, yeah. Um, so we went to see Lawless, which is John Hillcoat's new film. Um, yeah, so was, yeah, fuck it, we'll start with that. Um, what did I think to it? To me, I was quite looking forward to it. I mean... This year in Cannes, I think generally he's got a little bit more sort of <laughs> commercial. These are the wrong words, but you know, Cannes notoriously in the competition, there is an art house film festival, really, isn't it? Really, yeah. yeah. And when you come and you watch loads of films, in all honesty, you sort of cry out for anything with a narrative, anything more traditional, because it gets a bit heavier after a while. But this year, I actually think is a little bit better for that. I think the, you know, a little bit more um, e- easy. Easy watching, but um, so I was a lot better anyway. I was looking forward to this. Um, I love Road. I absolutely think it's an amazing. I've not read the book, but I, I, I love the film. I was really impressed. And um, <coughs> but what do I think to this? I mean, to be honest, I mean, you know what? It's kind of as a mindless sort of couple of hours. It's all right, um, but it is so average. Everything about it is average. Like the, you know, it doesn't. It looks all right. Every, you know, literally the directions fine i think the writing is if anything below average to be honest it's so predictable it's so derivative um that actually i'd probably say you know but it's kind of you know moves along of you know decently i suppose and it's it's functional it's functional but very underwhelming um so you know and t- to be honest you know i think handled the best thing about it for me was that yeah <coughs> was two things one tom hardy could didn't quite understand everything he said i'm not gonna lie but um I actually think he gave a good performance, a really good performance. Probably the strongest performance I've seen him do, actually, in all honesty. Um, but um, so that was good. But I actually thought it handled the violence really well, and I thought it was quite genuinely quite shocking in a, in a in quite a good way, actually. But 
everything else, in all honesty, you know, it just, just didn't impress me. I just, in, in any way, shape, or form. I mean, the, the kind of the lowest of the low for me was Guy Pearce. He is, he's, he's just awful. And I hated him in the King's Speech. I thought he was too disastrous in that as well. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's the last two performances I've seen him, I just think he's really, really, really weak. And I almost think, you know, did, why did I ever think he was that quite a good actor? Memento, I think. I think he'd lived off Memento for a long time. But no, about Mike from Neighbours. Of course, how could you forget that? Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, but, he, I mean, he is so laughably bad. He doesn't fit, totally doesn't fit the film. He tries sort of... For me, he sort of tries doing, like, Tom Hardy's voice, a kind of quite croaky, and it is just... It just doesn't work. He's laughably bad. Absolute pantomime villain. Full-on... Even his laugh is... is Everything about him, it just doesn't work. A lot of it is in the writing, in all honesty, but... Yeah, I mean, he's, every time he turned up, it absolutely ruined it. What was more frustrating was that Gary Oldman's in it, and he's completely underused. I thought he was going to be the main villain in the piece, when he, he kind of comes along and, you know... And it's you know it works really well, but fucking barely see him again. He's used as for one plot point um, later on in the film, but I just think get rid of him, get rid of um, Guy Pearce, and just have Gary Oldman as that you know that it's yeah. It, it, so it's just absolute bog standard. Bits of it were all right, but Guy Pearce in a way sort of sends it down, sends it down for me. I mean, but you saw that today, so you may as well sort of... Yeah, I saw it the day after screening today, and um, yeah, I had really high hopes for this as well. I'm a big fan of John Hillcutt, um, particularly with the proposition um, and the road as well. And yeah, this is just doesn't quite live up to that. It's, it's, as you say, it's kind of a functional film. Um, it's, it's, it's okay, but it just doesn't have the, the kind of the gravitas of either of those other two films. Um, it just doesn't really add up to very much at all, really. Um you know, it's quite nicely done. Really like the music in it actually, which was uh, co-written by Nick Cave. I think his music in this was better than his, his script. Um, <laughs> the, the the two female characters are kind of woefully underwritten, um, and yeah, the, the the kind of violence is handled quite. You know, it's handled well, but there's just one of the things that annoys me in this kind of film is ridiculous gunfights when people are just stood in the middle of nowhere. Firing, firing rounds, but not, you know, taking any cover and just taking bullets to the chest or whatever. And um, there was quite a lot of that in this. So yeah, it was, it was all in all, it's quite a, quite a disappointment. Um, I didn't think Guy Pearce was quite as bad as what you said, but he's kind of the complete <laughs> antithesis to the Ed Ed Exley character from uh, LA Confidential. And I just think he was kind of quite miscast as this. I never qu- quite believed him as this sadistic, kind of dandy, foppish, Nancy kind of uh, sad- sadist. Um, didn't quite, didn't quite ring true, especially compared with you know, performances of Tom Hardy's kind of this larger-than-life character. Um, I thought Sheila Berth was, you know, not too bad. Um, probably that, you know, the, I'm not a big fan of his. But it's probably the best thing I've seen him in. Yeah. Um, Generally, I thought it's well performed, except Guy Pearce, really. Yeah, but and yeah, it just it just didn't all just didn't add up to very much at all, really. Um, so yeah, bizarre competition film, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely. I think I think um, I think this year the, the director was the kind of creative director of the festival was trying to get in a lot more American cinema and trying to take it down a little bit of a more commercial kind of route. selling out. Not necessarily selling out, but just trying to you know obviously kind of. French cinema and, and Cannes in particular has always looked to American cinema 
Um, and I think it's probably just trying to open up. So that was obviously quite a, you know a few decent American directors around at the moment. Mm. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, this one he, obviously sorry John Hill is obviously Australian anyway, but working in America. But yeah, it's uh, hopefully he'll return to form more like pro- the proposition in the road in his next film, which is you know probably done him. It'll probably do quite well commercially. It's probably give him a bit more clout at the box office, but um, yeah. Not do you think it won't make it? I think I think it's going to be solid, solid box office fare. Really, I would I imagine. Yeah. Also, it'd be interesting. Be interesting. We'll see. So uh, the other film that you saw yesterday was um, an Uncerto Regard film uh, that I haven't seen actually. I wanted to, but I just haven't had a chance. And it is a mystery. So, what was that like? Mystery. What was it like? Again. It- it's weird that it's in such a kind of prestigious competition, in all honesty. You know what? It's it's, it's like everything we watch. It's kind of entertaining. You know what I mean? It's like, it's all right. Um, it's just a bit sloppy. It's just a bit... It's got no class to it. You know, except, you know, again, I've said this a lot, but it's kind of well-performed. Technically, it looks quite nice. It's like, you know, it, it, they're all of a real technical standard, these films. But... It's just, I never, it's just completely unbelievable. And I don't mean necessarily the story, although I think the story is unbelievable. Just, just as, as a general gist, the story is, did you, you're not bothered if I tell you the story, are you? No. I won't say anything bad, but, you know, spoiler it or anything, but general story is, um, it starts off and this girl gets killed in a road accident. So that's like the first shot that this happens. I mean, that's in part of the synopsis. Um, so she, she gets killed by, in this road accident and it's about, basically that is sort of the centre point um, and then we get we then seemingly go somewhere completely different to that and we're in this, involved in this relationship about this woman um, with her husband and she feels that he's having an affair and she's friends with another woman who they've got their kids go to the same school and she thinks that her husband is having an affair and it sort of twists and turns from that point on but like I was saying before it Everything they do, you know, that's kind of a bog standard story. You know, it's not necessarily the plot which is that unbelievable. It's just what they do and how they act. It's like, for example, at the beginning, these group of kids who run this girl over, um, and then they, they go up to her, see how she is, and she's she grabs his leg as in to say, "Help me," and he's like, "You know, get the fuck off me, get the fuck off me," and ends up booting her in the head. And it's just like straight straight away, I was like, "Why would he do that? He's just run her over. She's hurt." And, and it's clearly there's that really sh- bad writing and in the sense of we you we want the audience to think he's a cunt. We don't want the audience to like this guy. So you, how do you do that? You make him do sort of the most reprehensible thing you can think of. But it doesn't. It's got. It's like nobody would do that. Nobody would do that. And the character you don't really see him that much more. To be honest, he wouldn't do that. It's just absolutely ridiculous. But then that is a sort of a strand throughout when when the plot begins to develop. The characters do things which you just, and it's so contrived because you know it's, it's, it's just a thriller, and there are quite a few tw- twists. Is probably too strong a word, but every single time it happens, it, it just doesn't ring true at all. And that the character wouldn't, the characters wouldn't do that. They're doing it because that's what the script tells them to do. But it, so it's so it, you know, so in a way, I kind of enjoyed it. You know, it was, it was easy to watch, but it was just absolutely sort of made it a bit ridiculous, and it just gets more ridiculous as it goes along. And then ends. I mean, the ending, and you know, this was any more ridiculous. But the last shot is a bit comedy, a bit f- kind of laughable. But um, yeah, but it's just so it's just that, and I just feel as if if the character, if if the writing was a little bit better, it could have been really, really good. 
because everything else was really good and it had moments which which were which were great but it's just you never fully believed they were what they were doing and that they'd do it it's like you wouldn't do that so it kind of really it just lost all sort of quality in a way and it just became this sort of really bog standard generic thriller so it's not going to win the camera door then you think who fucking knows who knows Tulpan one when we were on the <laughs> fucking goat goat film um, who knows I'm hoping Antibarrel wins it just so we can see it um, it'll probably be the only one we get to see have you seen any Uncertain Regard oh we saw Pieces of the Wilds Pieces well I think it's got a good chance actually yeah. which in a way is um, um, a bit of a shame so yeah so I mean to be honest I don't think you miss too much it, Really? Do you expect to see it in the UK later over the course of the year, do you think? Um, what are its chances of a... Very small. It's like the... Um, what was that Chinese film that was played here a couple of years ago? And it got like a, quite a small release. It's similar to that. The, oh, I watched it. The Handmaid or The Maid. That was a Chinese film in uncertain regard. Two, same thing, two years ago. Um, <laughs> what do you think? Is it Korean, isn't it? No, I don't know. I just think it's The Maid or The Handmaid, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Is it M A I D or M A D E? It's not that, not that, whatever. But that, but that is, just, that was, you know what? Actually, there's more similarities than I think. Um, other than the fact that I'm beginning to think that uh, mystery is Korean and I'm coming across as really racist. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, but that was very similar. That was a thriller, and that was kind of a ridiculous thriller. And um, that did, that got, we you know, it's kind of quite well received at Cannes, and um, and like, again, small release. That's n- nothing more than that. It's not gonna do. No, it's not gonna really gonna do anything. But I'm sure we'll get, it'll get. It'll, it'll come over. I think. Um, but so yeah, pretty disappointing, um, really. So that's actually me dumb because that's all I've seen. Um, but you, you saw one yesterday. Did you? Yeah, yesterday I saw um, Paradise Love, which is um, actually all, all over the every day. There's a a new pamphlet printed out with uh, all the screenings that's on on that particular day. And uh, Paradise Love is on the front every single day. So, well, do, you reckon that's a, do you reckon that was a mistake? No, I don't think so. I think it must have um, yeah, it's got some very good advertising and marketing. Yeah, it's just weird, because you do think, surely, the films in competition at Cannes don't need yeah. any more. But it's strange, you see it every day, so it's definitely in everyone's mind. So, um, yeah, Paradise Love, uh, which is a new film from Ulrich Seidel, I think his, his name is pronounced. Um, Austrian director who did uh, Import-Export a few years ago. Uh, so yeah, what the film is about is about um, apparently it's a quite a, a well-known phenomenon of kind of middle-aged, middle-class European white women going over to Kenya uh, in search of in inverted commas love, uh, which could be read as sex um, from the kind of local denizens of Kenyan beaches, uh, sex tourism basically. So we follow this particular. 50-year-old, uh, kind of slightly overweight woman who... Is that important to the story, Damo, or are you just being cruel? No, well, it's not it's, <laughs> it's not being cruel. It is kind of important to the story, the fact that there's, there's, there's kind of four main Austrian characters in it who kind of are friends together, and they're obviously all kind of, you know, overweight, out, out of shape, and it's, it's kind of part of the story because, essentially they either, in actuality or in their perception, can't find the right man back home in Europe and so eventually end up kind of paying for, for sex, essentially, out in, out in Kenya. Although the, the kind of protagonist uh, manages to delude herself, thinking that, you know, they actually want her for, for herself. Um, 
So obviously it's just for her money um, that they that they kind of decide to sleep with her. And it's a very kind of graphic film. Um, it's probably one of the most amount of flesh that I've seen in any kind of non-porn um, non-porn film really. So I don't I don't know what. Descri- can you just give us a little like, teaser? Describe just one scene from it and how graphic it is. Um, well, I think to be honest, I don't know what it's kind of. Um, Kind of international sales will be like as a result of of it because it's you know it's pretty much com- you know five characters completely naked in a bed and um yeah it's pretty much <laughs> do you see penetration no 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 it's nothing like that I mean I'm sure there was actually kind of uh, you know kind of more graphic graphic films idiots and as the first direction. yeah yeah so um it's nothing like that but it's obviously just quite um. You know, it's not. It's a lot not of cock. A lot of cock. A lot of uh, a lot of all sorts of saggy boobies. Sorts of things. I, mean, I guess part of it as well is you're kind of not used to seeing, you know, a female or a male of a certain age naked on camera, which is you know it's kind of like a bit of like a, a Lucian Freud painting, and kind of all saggy, old bodies. I reckon there. I led the way with that in my short film scent when I had a 85 yeah, year old exactly. woman fanny out. Nice bit of stuff there, Darren. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Available on on DVD. <laughs> it is actually now. Yeah, how much? Um, I don't actually know. Shorts International. Don't tell you about that. No, check what's what's the website. What can people? Uh... Shorts International. They've they've picked it up. Google it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. I, don't, I ain't come prepared. I wasn't expecting that. Sorry, carry on, Damon. No, no. Um. So yeah, that's basically the kind of the, the story um, of this kind of two-way exploitation, really. Um. And it's yeah, it's quite a. You know, quite a, quite a sad film. It's it's he's obviously quite a you know an arduous shoot. Um, apparently, it's going to be there's going to be three st- strands to the story, um, but he has so much footage that he he's broken it up. So there's going Paradise Love, and there's two other Paradise stories. One of them is going to follow her um, her obese daughter, teenage daughter, who we see at the start of this film, um, called Paradise Hope, where she goes off to a to a fat camp to lose weight. Um, and I've actually forgotten what the other strand is now, but we can expect two more two more films in this Paradise trilogy. And this first one, um, I think, it, yeah, it's good. It doesn't really kind of show anything or kind of Other explore. Than yeah, doesn't kind of explore anything that's kind of not already, you know, kind of known or been or been dealt with before. It's not doesn't really offer any great insight, um, but it does shine a light on quite an interesting, um, quite a troubling, a troubling. You know, part of modern contemporary. Does it represent it as troubling, as a as a problem? Because you know, the women go out and shag some guys, and yeah, I mean, I think it 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 doesn't really necessarily. I think it allows you to draw your own conclusions, but it is very, very troubling. I mean, the the, the kind of denouement is quite an un. You know, it's quite a a, um, a humiliating affair for. For the protagonist, um, and it's obviously it's not it's kind of it's not good all round. One of the one of the, uh, the the kind of second character, the second Kenyan guy that she gets with, um, presents himself as you know someone who's kind of loving and caring and, and wants to be with her, um, and essentially kind of takes her money in quite a callous way. We never actually see the see their kind of point of view. It's all it's all seen through this Austrian woman's eyes, but you do kind of get to see. The kind of despair that leads them to do, to, to become these kind of hustlers, um, these kind of okay. these gigolos, 
and the despair that it causes you know we we kind of get a glimpse into his his family and the fact he's got a you know either wife or a girlfriend with two children and and you know okay, it's obviously so not it a, does paint both sides of the picture a little bit yeah yeah it does and it's um you know it's kind of not a not a not a pleasant thing really it's not this kind of um yeah it's not a it's not an ideal situation for anyone involved it's quite a bleak bleak thing i i mean i did i i thought it's kind of quite well done it's kind of filmed in this quite nice style with kind of quite static tableau shots of quite striking images of of the beach and the bright kind of Kenyan paradise um, Mm. shoreline juxtaposed with this kind of quite bleak houses with with kind of like mattresses with no sheets on and quite, you know, tiny little hotel rooms where... How's the um, the gender sort of relationship play out? Obviously, you know the kind of more textbook view that people know of, and is more explicit is old men going out and and getting using their money on young women, I suppose, and obviously like Thai brides in Russia <coughs> and and uh, you know and even in Cannes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, you know, so I want does that is that is that even a factor? Or? Not really. I mean, it's what it's kind of you know the, apparently these these sugar mummers as are known are kind of quite a you know quite a, a large phenomenon um large, not large in every <laughs> sense. Um, but it's kind of it's, it's it's strange in the fact that um the protagonist in the film she, you know she's going out for the first time and uh, her friend who's obviously done it many times before is kind of showing her the way and, and how to do all these things don't um, she know how to do those things <laughs> well no how to <laughs> yeah no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so yeah it's kind of it explores it in the sense that you know these kind of four women who we kind of follow throughout have the kind of the money the financial power but ultimately you know they're the, you know they're left kind of humiliated um in one particular scene they're unable to get the gentleman to rise to the occasion and and kind of joke about how ugly and fat they are that they can't um cause him to get an erection and it's quite yeah, it's quite a and then in a subsequent scene there's even more humiliation for the main character so it's a pretty bleak picture all round really um, mm. this is kind of shown to have this this obviously financial power but you know not in a not in Siri a not available connect to the internet <laughs> so we had a mysterious voice uh, <laughs> join us on the podcast what does Siri think to we've got, um, some, uh, we've got some water uh, technical problems with an iPhone as well it's sleep through but so yeah, I think I think it's um it's not a serious contender, I don't think I don't think it's gonna win the win the pound off. But, but it's still worth a watch, I think. Yeah, I think it's 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 not an it's not an easy watch and I think it'll it'll find it'll be hard to find a market just because of quite how how much nakedness there is in there. But um but I thought, you know, it deals with the subject quite well. Good. What was the biggest willy? Oh, I don't know, I have to let you uh let you watch that and make your own mind up on that. So you went from Willies and Boobies? Two. Two. Uh, my first time in the Lumiere Theatre, um, seeing the new Hanukkah film, which is called Amour, um, or Love. So, yeah. I'm very interested to see if this is as dull as his other stuff. So, yeah, from Paradise Love to Love. Is it Piano Teacher, or is it White Ribbon? Um, <laughs> well, I'll kind of start off, I'm not a, I have to say I'm not a huge Hanukkah fan, and it's kind of, kind of heretical to say so, but, um... I do like I kind of like hidden and and um, but yeah I was slightly underwhelmed by by uh, the white ribbon 
Uh, oh, did you not? Oh, oh okay, yeah. Um, which one, obviously... I was sort of trying to steer things with you when I was saying that, but yeah, I didn't know. Which, okay. one, which one three years ago? Um, so this this is a new film dealing with um, two an elderly couple who kind of quite a well-to-do middle-class couple who live in a nice Parisian apartment, um, kind of quite a spacious Parisian apartment with a baby grand piano in, and it opens up um, on uh, we learn that kind of they've gone to a piano concert. And it kind of opens up with a kind of fairly lengthy static shot um, of the audience. Um, it's kind of quite a weird experience actually watching it in that grand theatre. We kind of it's almost like you're watching yourselves, yourselves, right, and yeah. they kind of have these, have these little <coughs> coughs of the audience. You can't quite tell whether it's actually coming from the cinema on on the screen. And then we kind of hear the piano um, music start, and then the film kind of starts properly. And we were back in their apartment and. Everything seems kind of normal or as normal as it can do in a Hanukkah film. Um, it's a very kind of loving relationship between this elderly couple. Um, they've obviously been together for a long time and there is genuine love and affection between them, um, which is kind of quite touching from the outset, really. Um, but then very kind of quickly we start to realise that there's something not quite right uh, with the female character, Um uh, during a during a meal, she just kind of switches off and stops responding um, to the conversation, of which is quite a quite a disturbing thing for the for the male for the husband. And so he he kind of goes off to to get help, and all of a sudden she's back to reality and doesn't know what's going on. And there's kind of a moment where they're thinking whether kind of who's kind of not with it is it him or is it her. Um, and it's done that kind of these early scenes are done really, really well with this kind of typical Hanukkah. You're not quite sure. There's, mm. there's always that tension there within the within the scene, and within kind of longer sequences as well. Um, um, but then very quickly you kind of realise that she's had a she's had a kind of a mild stroke, and she's eventually paralysed down all the left hand side of her body, and was, is unable to to kind of do anything. And she's in a wheelchair, and he has to care for her completely. She's unable to, to kind of. At first, she's she can she can communicate, she can speak, um, but over the course of the film, she loses her real ability to speak, to do anything for herself, um, and so kind of over the course of the film, we see her see him doing everything for her, um, from putting her on the toilet to kind of feeding her, um, and we see this kind of this kind of drain the life kind of draining from him as he's caring for her and the strain that it puts on um the relationship now so, so this is all framed by an opening scene in which it's not giving anything away because it's the opening scene where a, a fireman bursts into the apartment to reveal um to reveal her dead body on the bed so we kind of know from the outset where this is where this is going and so it, all this is framed by you know exactly from the outset where it is going. Um, it's kind of not moving in because you know out of all the Hanukkah films that I've seen, he's a very cold, detached, emotionless director, very skillful. But I've never really kind of, and I'm sure it's obviously intentional on his part to kind of keep you at a distance. Whereas this film, the the, the two central performances are absolutely amazing. Um, both of the actors are, you know. Absolutely fantastic, and I, 
you know, I'd be very surprised if they don't kind of go up for the uh, for the extra awards for this. But having said that, there's just I think it is because he's he's I'm, I'm sure it's deliberate again, but he, it's kind of so cold and calculated, and everything is is kind of designed. It's the, the cinematography is by Darius Konji, and everything's it looks amazing, and everything is kind of designed and calculated. But too much said, too precise, too. too I mean. To be honest, there's there's some scenes that are just the kind of it's the most banal kind of dialogue, but it's just done so brilliantly between the actors and 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 filmed in such a, a lovely way. But and because it's Hanukkah, there's always this kind of tension behind what what is this leading up to. Um, it's absolutely gripping, but it's kind of hard emotionally. No matter how much you, you see this kind of woman, kind of deteriorating before your eyes and obviously how hard it is for for this the male character to see his wife losing her identity and not you know she's, you know at some stage she becomes no longer his wife that he's known yeah. for all these years but just a burden on him although he's obviously kind of loath to admit it probably to himself and obviously to her it's never quite grips you emotionally why do you, why is that then do you reckon well as i say i think it's <sighs> I don't know. It's hard to say because it's Hanukkah. In his but let's say you didn't know who directed it. You watched it. Well, it's, I think it's obviously done in that way that it's everything is so kind of clinical and and designed to kind of within an inch of its life. It's it's kind of perfect. It's almost too perfect. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I think it, the Odia film earlier this week that that was kind of designed to be emotionally engaging. And I think it wasn't, but for very different reasons. But if that was filmed in a similar way, do you feel as if it would? I think I think this this is, um, yeah. It's just kind of always that one that one level, kind of one step away from the audience. You're never kind of drawn in. I feel you're always kind of it's always mm. keeping you at arm's length, um, which is fine. And I, I did I did like the film. I didn't I, I kind of didn't like it as much as what other, all the reviews have come out of being saying it's and this is the Palm Door winner, um, and it is it is very good, but I just didn't feel drawn in that way. There is kind of a couple of moments that are you know pure Hanukkah. Um, I kind of won't go into what they are, but the do it just builds up that tension perfectly, mm. um, and so you don't know what exactly what's coming. Um, and there's some yeah some very nice, really kind of beautiful, simple kind of dialogue scenes. And it is it is it's great to see, you know, two elderly characters kind of on screen all this time and talking in a you know just kind of quite banal conversation but it's absolutely gripping and yeah um i think it is very good but just not but still something something missing for me and i think maybe it's my problem because i've to be honest i felt this way about every single hanukkah film even even cachet i think it was you know i've always found that kind of mm. never really drew me in even though it's kind of kind of before a filmmaker and quite a Shocking ending. I've never really kind of fully got Hanukkah. Yeah, I think yeah. probably probably that's my problem as much as, no, as his maybe. I I'm similar to be honest. I've never I've always he's never quite worked for me fully to be honest. Yeah, in a similar way. But I'm I'm interested to see. I might still weighing up whether to go see it tomorrow morning or not. And um, probably will. I was I would you know I'll say you definitely see it. I think it's I think it's really good. Mm. It's just not. That masterpiece, but I, you know, I've kind of felt the same about the white ribbon as well. I thought it was very good, but it's not the masterpiece yeah, yeah. that everyone, everyone says. But similar to how I felt about that was that I just couldn't connect to it. I mean, to all. be honest, I, I preferred this to the white ribbon. Mm. I don't know how, how kind of how generally it's gone down. Yeah, um, because that is held in such high regard. But I preferred this to the to the white ribbon. 
I think it is probably a little bit too long, actually. The, the kind of the earlier earlier scenes are brilliant, and as it progresses, um, it's really well done. But I think it just goes on a little bit too long. I think it could have done with a little bit, a little bit of editing. Yeah, just to kind of trim it by ten minutes or so. I'm not sure. I think it's maybe just slightly over two hours. I don't think it needed to be. It just kind of yeah. You can un- just under two hours, and it would have been a bit. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just because it just starts to sag a little bit towards the end. Um. This is kind of it does kind of build beautifully, but there's just a, a kind of a little bit too much repetition mm. of similar things. I think it could have just been tightened up a little bit, but it does kind of build beautifully to this, you know, this kind of pivotal moment, and then kind of sags away a little bit after that again. I think it, I think yeah. it could have just done a little bit of tightening up. Um, but yeah, elevated a bit more, but ultimately yeah. it's still not solved the. It's no, I think, I think the, the biggest problem for me is Hanukkah's Hanukkah's Hanukkah's, Hanukkah's, is very cold, and I think this, despite the fact, you know, and it, it sounds should, like it should be yeah. unbelievably touching and moving, and I think this, you know, these the, the two performances are great, and I think almost, I think it's just so, so precise and so clinical in what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It's just hard to think, yeah. So in a sense, you think it almost doesn't quite work. For the for the kind of form and content don't quite mesh. Well, I mean, from what everyone else says, it obviously does for them, but it doesn't for <laughs> me. So maybe the problem is with me, but yeah, it certainly doesn't quite work for me. Good, good, okay. So well, that's everything we've seen. Everything up to date so well, far. This could have been a long one. It could have been even longer if we actually saw the screenings today. Yeah, three failed screenings for you. I think two, two yeah. for me. Um, but um, tomorrow, well, I've already watched that. I won't say. I mean, I'll keep give my thoughts, but I won't go too much into it. And um. And what year you have to see? So the tomorrow, I've only got the Hunt so far on the list, and you yeah. Vinterberg film. So the next one could be really short. Could be really short. But um, then Ready is going to you know ramp up towards the end of the week, where we'll squeeze more and more films in. Yeah, should be so good. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, so hopefully the weather will be better tomorrow as well. Ooh, doubtful. Right. Um, <laughs> I didn't know if to end it then. I was like, oh no. Okay, so yeah, we'll um, yeah we'll um, do it again probably Wednesday morning now. Realistically, Tuesday morning. What the fucking day is it? Lose track of time. Sunday, Sunday, Tuesday morning. Excellent. All right, see you then. Bye.